Hey friends, you're listening to Go Home Baba, You're Drunk, an irreverent media podcast. First Corinthians warned you about the women with a loud mouth, and this podcast is just that. Here at the Speaking in Church podcast, we talk all about the regular people and the things that regularly happen to them in the evangelical church. It's a podcast about change, it's a podcast about seeking moral high ground, and it's a podcast for people who are just trying to deconstruct on the safe side. You can listen wherever you get your podcast, and if you want to be a guest, yes, you, regular person, you can be a guest on the Speaking in Church podcast. If you want to come on, just let us know. Hey everybody, welcome to Go Home Bible, You're Drunk podcast, where we open our Bibles, dust them off, um, like the ancient manuscripts that they are, and uh, see see what we find. Uh, sometimes it's horrific, sometimes it's hilarious, and sometimes it's kind of good. My name is Justin. I'm former pastor turned uh, podcaster, <laughs> pastor which I to guess podcaster is a common pipeline. pipeline. Uh, but yeah. Um, but I do have a co-host, which makes it slightly less problematic, I think. Hello. Yes, I'm Tori. I'm a former evangelical who had a lot of questions about the Bible growing up that the adults around me did not want to answer. So I am now here answering them for myself. And as Justin said, sometimes it's horrifying and sometimes it is hilarious. So you just never know what you're going to get. Yeah. And we like to be able to laugh at it. So yeah, actually, I had a pretty good week this week. Oh, okay. I enjoyed You know, uh, the weather is nice here, but we actually like allergies are starting to kick up. But it's like that sweet spot in the springtime where it's just nice. I do. Hashtag blessed. Hashtag blessed. And and I was going to enjoy the king of beers as you do on a wonderful day. Wonderful day. But apparently now the king of beers is the queen of beers. I don't know (laughs) if you knew this. That is amazing. But um. So our, our in this week in evangelicalism, we're going to pick a relatively lighthearted topic that I am just getting no end of joy out of, which is which is conservatives are mad at beer. Th- yeah, they're mad at beer. They're mad at Bud Light, which how did we get here, Tori? <laughs> so, yeah, well, Bud Light decided to do some sort of a what's it called? Like a promotion promotion i guess sure yeah and so they for like a little giveaway they're doing a giveaway and so they gave this giveaway or at least one of them they gave to a trans person to promote and she did and conservatives were really upset and were kind of apparently crying that bud light doesn't know which bathroom to use Mm -hmm. which for those of you who are listening it doesn't like don't take your beer into the goddamn bathroom, no. you freak. No, don't do that. The, the answer is no bathroom. Beer does not use the bathroom. No, like because you can't close the beer. Like it just it's open. No, you cannot. And it's in the bathroom. Like and I've seen dudes do like it. sit on top of the urinal. Like no, don't. No, mm-mm, like mm-mm. finish the beer or just throw the beer away. Like don't bring it to the bathroom yeah. with you. Or leave it and let some girl roofie you. Yeah. Even that is a preferable option to putting it on <laughs> the damn urinal. On the counter. Oh, yeah. On the on the urinal. I forgot you all have yeah. those. So now I don't I literally do not remember the last time I drank a Bud Light. I'm not going to like go buy it now to support wokeness. That's ridiculous too. like because we, we aren't. Oh, doing my gosh. That. Justin, we aren't doing that. you need to put your money where your mouth <laughs> is. Support the woke agenda. Yeah, like. Like in trans <laughs> by buying from a corporation, yeah, by buying from a large corporation, like the that owns like 25% of all beers sold in the United States that definitely did their market research and knew that this would happen as well. Like conservatives mm-hmm. are nothing if not predictable. Mm-hmm. It's on the outreach calendar. Yeah, that's true. They know they, this. They, they know they, they have an outrage. They know the outrage cycle. And, and I imagine that their sales have gone up because 
everybody and their brother Cletus is buying Bud Light to put it on Instagram that they destroyed their Bud Light. Taking out their AR-15. The only thing that I use this for is to kill beers. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> to murder Bud Light. And, and not even that well. So, I don't know. Yeah, I guess Kid Rock. I actually was funny. The news story, I think it was the, was it the one that you sent me, the Daily Dot one? I think it was funny that they introduced him as like, 90s rocker, Kid Rock. Like, <laughs> not, a, not, a, not anymore. You're, not a relevant no, person. A completely irrelevant person. In the discourse. Shot up their Bud Light. I, I don't. Did he have it before, though? This is the I question I have. I have that much Bud Light just sitting around the house. Did Kid Rock have enough Bud Light to, like, shoot up just sitting in his house? I, don't, I wouldn't put it past him. That's why I'm asking. I mean, maybe. Maybe. And th- <laughs> there was another video I saw of, like, uh, like a cement roller. Like, like, and there was, like, hundreds of cases that they were, like, rolling the cement oh, roller over yeah i i saw that so i don't remember i didn't i was like i don't know where i saw that you but. all bought that with your own money like i anheuser bush is not hurting you They're have not. not hurt them my can i just say really can i just interject really quickly because you have reminded me a thing which is that blue like blue states have like two-thirds of the purchasing power in this country <laughs> so like yeah. when 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 conservatives because every time this happens conservatives are like well, this is it. They're going, they're going fucking under if we stop buying from them, like not realizing anyone else fucking exists. Yeah. And it doesn't, it doesn't ever happen. Like, I'm sorry, you guys, you can shoot up all the like Nike shit you want. Nike's not going to go under cause you quit buying it. You weren't buying it anyway. Yeah. Or car hearts too. Like, yeah. Oh my gosh. Nobody yes. like, sorry. And, and I, and I had car heart stuff before and I will have car heart stuff. And I don't, I don't, honestly, I don't, I don't get the, yeah, they're like, yeah, you go woke, you go broke. And I'm like, name no. a single data point no. of someone going woke and going broke. No, you don't. You harass people off of the internet. They have successfully closed some camps, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I'm like, you fuckers think you're going to take on a goddamn corporation. Like, I have really bad news for you. Yeah, and you guys you're continue not. to vote for people that would make it harder for you to have any power over a corporation to, <laughs> you know, like... Uh huh. Yeah, it's like I'm voting with my dollar by buying fifty thousand pallets of Bud Light to run over with my whatever the fuck steamroller. Yeah, my cement roller, whatever. Yeah, I don't. I mean, it. But it, here's the funny thing, like, because they're like, this is this is why I thought it was interesting and something that I wanted to talk about was that, like, the narrative is like, well, this is a trans beer now, like. Not a like, thing. This is a beer for trans people now. Like it's like they've no, they've it's take, not. Trans people have it. better taste. Yes, for sure. But was, but it's like they've taken this beer from us. The woke agenda has taken Bud Light from us, and now it belongs to the trans. Like <laughs> that's literally how they would say. It. Yes. Yeah. I'm. I'm. <laughs> literally how they would say it. Yeah. And it's like, uh, mm, no, like. Or like that that asshole with the God made non-binary bathrooms t-shirt. <laughs> Did you see that guy? It no. Was, it was, so like he was a Christian, I don't know, influencer, and he had this t-shirt on that said God made, and then it had like the male and female like kind of bathroom logos. And I think it was supposed to be like God made the male and female, but mm-hmm. it kind of looked like God made non-binary bathrooms. Because <laughs> like that's the God sign. made gender neutral bathrooms, gender ne- baby. Yeah. Anyway, like, and he was like going through Target, the Target boys section, and pointing out all the T-shirts that had rainbows on it, and how like it's terrible. I'm like, well, but some boys like rainbows. Like, is that? And some girls just fit better in the boys section of Target. Like, yeah. And it's not like they didn't have like the Green Bay Packers jerseys still. Like, you can mm-hmm. still buy those there. So I think I think Justin, the solution here is we just have every single brand do one little promo on Instagram with a trans person, and then they will have no access to anything at all and mm-hmm. will not be able to eat. Including Instagram, like Instagram, Including Instagram. and Twitter will do its own. Well, not Twitter, but <laughs> Twitter's broken dying. So yeah, it's, it's the, it's the tribalism that's interesting that like, like the second you say, like I mildly like, but like 
Bloodlight doesn't even like Anheuser Busch doesn't even like support trans people. That's not even no. what this was. It was just like no, they don't. Here, trans individual, or I should actually say, here influencer that happens to be trans. Right. Can you help us promote this sweepstakes? And like, I will. Can I? Can I just really quickly say I? I will. I will. I have receipts on how not trans friendly this company is because I Bud Light. And I'm sure other brands that Amherzer Bush owns pretty much every year does like a, a pride thing, like a yeah. pride, like beer can or something. And mm-hmm. they've been doing this for a long time. Apparently they've yeah. been doing this since like the fucking nineties or something. And so what is incredible about this is, and this is actually what most companies do. If you want to be perfectly honest, don't tell the conservatives. Cause again, they won't be able to buy anything and they'll starve. They, t- they do these promos. They use pride to sell shit. Right. Like they make pride this corporate thing. They use it to like sell things. And then they donate that money to anti trans politicians. (laughs) Like literally that is what they do. Yeah. Because because ultimately it's about making. I mean, this isn't going to be a shock to anyone listening to this podcast, but corporations exist to return value to shareholders. That's their that's the reason they exist. They don't even exist to make a quality product, quite frankly. Mm -hmm. Um, mm-hmm. If they could get by without making, well, Bud Light doesn't make a quality product. <laughs> like, <laughs> and they are killing it. And they're killing it. So, like, you know, <laughs> I, I genuinely cannot remember. I may have actually never had Bud Light. Like, now that Bud I. Bud Light was the first beer I ever had, actually. Oh, really? Um, yeah. No, I, I see. I can't remember if I had, like, Budweiser or Bud Light as the first beer I ever had. It was definitely it was Budweiser was the first beer. Oh, okay, yeah. But I don't know. That was the first beer I ever had, and I was like nineteen or twenty, I think. Had Miller. I know I've had Miller Light. I know I've had a lot of Coors Light, and a lot of Pabst Blue Ribbon. Had a lot of PBR. Uh Here's the thing about Pabst Blue Ribbon. I'll say it's a shitty beer. It's a shitty beer, but it knows it's a shitty beer. Like that's the difference to me. Mm -hmm. Like Mm -hmm. it's like it's not pretending to not be a shitty beer. Here's a pitcher for a nickel. Like, <laughs> go nuts. Like, yes, yes. Not pretending to be anything more than what it is. And I think that's why it has so much respect as a brand. Yeah, exactly. Because there's nothing wrong with that. There's honestly, there's nothing wrong with shitty beer. Like, yeah. I'm, 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 you know, I do live in Portland, so I'm pretty spoiled when it comes to food. But like, there's nothing wrong with eating wherever you want to eat, drinking whatever you want to drink. Like, they're all giving their money to trans anti-trans politicians. It's true. Like I hate to break it to you. Like all these people that are like mad at Nike for the Colin Kaepernick stuff and whatever else. And I'm just like, again, Phil Knight is taking your money and laughing all the way to the RNC. Like, why are you mad mm-hmm. at him? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I was like, I don't, I know I've had Bud Light, but it's like, I just have, like, there's not a single memory that's coming to mind. Yeah. Now that yeah. I think about it, like, mm-hmm. like it, it's happened, but not there's no memories there. Yeah. Yep. So a Bud Light, if you want to sponsor us as Feel a free. podcast, we are an alcohol based podcast and we will, you know, <laughs> um, a, a, a allegedly alcohol based podcast. Allegedly. Hold on. But can, I really want to talk about this other this 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 asshole dude oh please do with the with the anti-trans beer uh yes yeah the woke free excuse me he's not calling it anti-trans it's the woke free beer so they don't put any woke in your beer which means that you won't get infected by it because it is contagious yeah you won't be infected by the woke mind virus if you drink this beer yeah woke mind virus is contagious covid is not that's because that's how the woke mind virus spreads yes a trans person touches the object whatever it is like whether it's a t-shirt and whether it's a a beer whatever all of that brand is now infected with the woke mind virus mm-hmm. uh, that's true that's true we're getting into some weird alex jones territory but i <laughs> it's tur- it's turning the frogs trans um <laughs> No, the yeah. So there's a conservative influencer who goes by the name uh, Conservative Dad. So you already Real. know what's going on here. And he um, looks like 
an AI generated conservative. Dad. <laughs> he does. He really does. And he is like a, he's like a, you know, he's like a middle grade conservative grifter. Like he's, he's like doing the thing. He, some of the things he previously sold before his anti-woke beer were uh, let's go Brandon wrapping paper, which my mom probably bought and then pretended she didn't know what it meant. Also ha- was selling a t-shirt with a QR code that said scan for my vaccine passport. And if you scan the QR code, it was just a picture of the Constitution. <laughs> just like, which he then claimed, he's like, this is the only document I need to travel, which like, no, sir, it fucking isn't. No, that's not how that works. That is not how that works. That's the only document you need to travel on like the bus to get across town. Otherwise, you were SOL. <laughs> yeah, that's a great way to just end up uh, like being captured on video by somebody and mocked on the Internet. But... <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So he's he's mad. He's mad that Bud Light is now a, a trans beer. So he's selling a beer that is 100% woke free. A six pack is 20 bucks. And but I'm you know, assuming... it's Bud Light with like, anti woke right. put on it. Like, I, like, how do you tool up an entire brewing operation in what a week? Mm hmm. Because I'm not really finding where it's sourced. And it is sourced. Um, it's brewed according to weathers in northern Illinois, but it's not sold in stores. The closest American city to wherever this is, major American city is Chicago, is what this yeah. article says. So that means that you're going to be paying about $30 for a six pack of uh, beer that doesn't know which bathroom it goes in because it's like all other beer and is not conscious, doesn't have a gender identity. <laughs> Yeah, typically beer goes by they, them. Yeah, yeah, beer goes by it. Yes. Um, <laughs> yeah. So just just for comparison, 12-pack of Bud Light at Walmart in Chicago is six seventy five. So you do the math. These people are being grifted so fucking hard, and they're like, they love it. That's the thing. They love it. They, they love, love being fucking grifted. Yeah, it's like they get off on it. Like. It makes them feel like they're part of the club or something. I I like a made up club. Like that's like join a real club. Not this weird made up anti woke. I don't don't even consider myself woke. Like I don't like it. Like it's not. I don't know. I don't I don't don't get it. I don't get it, Tori. I just I feel like we need to start grifting conservatives. That's really what we I. This is the next evolution. This is the conclusion I have come to is I am going to Bible or uh Bible is. Yeah, we're we're going to grift conservatives and then give the money to trans people who need to get out of their very dangerous states. Yeah. And then like six months later, we'll say we've reformed and now we're really going to give it to conservatives this time. And And then we won't. And then we'll sell them like a a commemorative coin. (laughs) Yes. Yes. And then we won't do it again. Uh, commemorative coins. Like, I get, uh, these people. We need to sell supplements, Justin. <laughs> yeah. Supplements, commemorative coins, and shitty wrapping paper. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Huh? We, really, yeah. we really shot ourselves in the foot getting into podcasting. Yeah. Yeah, we really did. We really did. But um, I don't know. I'm going to go get a P.O. box and uh, I don't know find a website that will drop shit my <laughs> all their shit to them all right so yeah well, if you have any great yeah. grifting ideas uh, to grift conservatives uh, let us know and we'll, we'll add you we'll... to our profit sharing plan yeah absolutely <laughs> hey all right well anyway i feel like maybe we should go do some more capitalism before we start start the official grift yeah of, that's true of the of the of the go home bible so first corinthians warned you about the women with a loud mouth and this podcast is just that here at the speaking in church podcast we talk all about the regular people and the things that regularly happen to them in the evangelical church it's a podcast about change. It's a podcast about seeking moral high ground. And it's a podcast for people who are just trying to deconstruct on the safe side. You can listen wherever you get your podcast. And if you want to be a guest, yes, you, regular person, you can be a guest on the Speaking in Church podcast. If you want to come on, just let us know. 
Hey, everybody. Thanks for worshiping capitalism with us for a second. Hopefully you got an ad for Bud Light. If so, we approve. If you want to listen to the episode without any ads, or if you want to hang out with us on Discord every fifth Saturday, fifth Saturday, every month that has a fifth Thursday, because that is what we're going to be doing going forward instead of recording, you should definitely do that. You can do that at patreon.com slash go home Bible. If you also want to write us a review, I just noticed that we just passed 100 reviews on Apple Podcasts, which was very, 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 very cool. So, and it's cool. like there, there are not a lot of trolls yet, which I'm really impressed by. Like, I'm really impressed by. Like, usually the trolls find, find the podcast and they, you know, they give it one star over and over and over and over again. And uh, so far, that does not seem to have happened. So, if you want to like give us a little like buffer there by like, leaving us a five-star review because that at this time is the only is the only number of stars mm-hmm. we're accepting accepting yeah <laughs> um, that would be really awesome wherever you happen to listen to listen to your podcasts and yeah we have we have some new patrons to thank uh yeah we have some new patrons this week i'm very excited about first one is deanna they are a new uh, deacon in our church of the second church of the drunken bible so thank you so much for your support really appreciate it saw them on discord and yeah excited to get to know them a little better also we have a new youth pastor named mandy and they're going to get a life verse for those of you that maybe don't know we give out life verses to youth pastor and above tier on our patreon uh, and this is this is this is a verse from god from the lord it's not, you know, it, it is mediated to you by your anointed leaders, Justin and Tori, from the Lord. Then it's yours forever. So, uh, so Tori is going to, Tori's going to give out this life verse. And yes, yes, I am. We're all going to just indeed. anxiously wait for what the Lord gives. What does the Lord have to say that is not in the concordance or the maps? Okay, let's see here. We're just going to like... Here we go. Mm, okay. Oh boy. Here we go. We've got Mark chapter 10, verse 19. You know the commandments do not murder, do not commit adultery, do not steal, do not bear false witness, do not defraud, honor your father and mother. Well, now you know. Well, <laughs> <laughs> Do with that information what you will. <laughs> yeah, you can you can do that or not. There, this is this is one of this was one of the things for me that like be, where I began to where I began to like leave was going like oh, Jesus might have been wrong about some stuff. Yeah, <laughs> some of this stuff. Okay, okay, Jesus, that's fine. I'm not saying you were mostly wrong, but you weren't 100 percent right. So anyway, thank, thank you very much, Mandy. Thank you, Mandy. And, Appreciate um, it. Yeah, do with that what you will. So this week we're going to talk about. We've been kind of putting putting this one off a bit, honestly. One of the best books. One of the in best the Bible. books. Uh, Hosea, one of our and one of the more popular, I guess, uh, prophets. Uh, at least minor prophets. Minor prophets. Yeah, the most popular of the minor prophets. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Did you have like a favorite minor prophet when you were like in Bible college? Because I, I totally did. Oh, you did. Uh-huh. Oh, please tell me. Habakkuk or Habakkuk. Yeah, actually, I would say of of all of them, I would say Habakkuk was one of the more interesting ones. Yeah, that I, I just wanted to be kind of like obscure, obviously. So I like picked the one that was like the hardest to say. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, and also it's like it's like two or three chapters long. Like it's quite short also part of why i liked it hosea mm-hmm. is i just i feel i i feel really bad but like there's some pretty gross violent stuff that happens in this book and mm-hmm. god keeps doing this thing where he's like i'm your husband <laughs> i hate you you filthy whore and then he's like i love you so much and he's like fuck you i hate you uh, and it just goes back yeah. and forth and back and forth and back and forth because god was off his meds yeah and yeah for yeah that's and that's that's hosea hosea is like 
hey, um, God's like, hey, I, I want you to embody what it's like to be me. The victim so, the in victim all of this. In, the, in all of this. <laughs> I totally did not initiate any of this. This is, yeah. I was just sitting here um, innocently the whole time, and you started If you've ever wondered me. why conservatives are so terrible at apologies, it's because they're goddess. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> and terrible at taking responsibility. So I, I suppose as a drinking game, Whenever you're like, fuck, I need to go to therapy. <laughs> when you realize just how much this has messed you up, go ahead and take a drink because I realize that more and more every day. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> just how much therapy is needed. So much. All, all of the therapy, one might argue. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Can I mainline all the therapy, please? <laughs> all at once. Yep. Just get it over with. Yeah, get it out. So uh, all that to say, uh, we're going to talk about Hosea. I mean, I, I will just say, like, I mean, this is I mean, it's a book of the Bible. We're going to make fun of it. But it is I don't, this one. I don't know. This was just icky to me. It is. It is a little icky. Yeah. But I think it explains a lot about white evangelical theology. I would I would also tend to agree, or at least views of God and Mm-hmm. I mean, again, like, just to be clear, this is a Jewish text that we're making fun of the the American English concept. translation of it, which is not in any yes. way, shape or form used similarly to the way that Jewish people use it. So. No. And also, Hosea, I will just say, is kind of a translation nightmare because there's so many different textual variances and discrepancies in the ancient text. So... A person that says that's authoritative, I have questions. Mm. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, indeed. Yeah. So, so what is this book about? So, uh, God is big mad, unsurprisingly. This is, this seems mm-hmm. to be a theme with the dude. God just really needs to go to therapy. That's, I think we can, mm-hmm. we can conclude that very confidently going forward. So, uh, the Lord pulls this shit where he goes to, uh, Hosea and he's like, I'm just going to read this. So trigger warning. I'm reading yeah, the Bible. It. <laughs> it is a nightmare. Uh, and this is uh, ESV. So, you know, it's real sexist. Um, oh, yeah. extremely sexist version. Go and take yourself a wife of whoredom and have children of whoredom for the land commits great whoredom by forsaking the Lord. <laughs> like you are such a melodramatic bitch. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> First of all, dude, get yourself together. Yeah. And yeah. And it's not clear actually from the text whether or not Hosea's wife was previously adulterous or like would just become adulterous in the future. Oh, the the evangelicals, the white evangelicals I discovered on the internet have very firmly decided that she is a sex worker and just never stopped cheating on Hosea, essentially. Yeah. Because, well, sex work isn't cheating. Well, because the okay. Bible is uh. clear. No, it's because the Bible is clear, Dustin. Mm. Come on. Yeah, okay. She's a wife of whoredom, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> so clearly that means so clearly. she was a whore. So Hosea goes and he marries this person, Gomer. Gomer, yes. Which I, as far as names go. Ugh. It's a rough one. That's rough. I don't know. It always made me think of gopher. And I was like, oh, that doesn't seem like a nice thing to name a kid necessarily. But, you know, whatever. Yeah. It might be fine. Anyway, so he knocks her up or someone knocks her up. Evangelicals are not sure which one. And so the Lord pulls up and is just like, hey, name this kid Jezreel. And then he's like, goes on about how I'm just I'm like, really soon I'm going to punish this Jehu fellow and like. I'm just going to put an end to the entire kingdom of Israel. And like on that day, I'm going to break the bow of Israel in the Valley of Jezreel. And, and Hosea doesn't even respond. Like God's just so off his meds. <laughs> There's no response. Yeah. He's like, I imagine God like just rolling up totally. and just yelling this out the car. Window. Totally. It's like, dude, then- my wife like just gave birth. Like, can you give me a fucking second? <laughs> and I don't even know if it's mine. <laughs> God, once again, just very thoughtful and caring. Gomer, Bible says, conceived again and has a daughter 
And the Lord pulls up again out of the goddamn blue and is like, call her no mercy. <laughs> like, my guy, what is your deal? What, he, what is going on with this guy? Like, I really just, he's like, I will have no more mercy on the house of Israel or forgive them at all. <laughs> oh, okay, yeah, I won't forgive like- them at all. Yeah, like, it, but it goes back and forth like a it like an abuser, does, honestly, because yes. it's like I will not forgive you. You have you, you've forsaken me for you've poured yourself out. All this stuff. It's like oh, but I long to draw close to you. I like, he, like, like love there, there are these very them. Be- yeah, there are very beautiful passages yeah. about God's love and God's tenderness and compassion. But then it's just like, but well, I'm gonna fucking beat you. Like right. I'm gonna torture you i'm gonna tear you apart i'm gonna allow you to be destroyed like like oh but i love you so much like it's like this is a classic of go to therapy like you this this is like i mean if you want to get into like philosophy of religion like and how people project their images of the divine onto whatever we call god Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. like this is still some fucked up stuff yeah like this is definitely some abuser nonsense. So, yeah. Yikes. Uh, so, I love, so God is like, I will have no more mercy on the house of Israel, but I will have mercy on the house of Judah. I'm like, oh, you're playing fucking favorites because of course you are. Um, now, it's like, yeah. I will save them by the Lord their God. Are, are you talking in third person, man? Like, what the fuck? This is like, it's just like, it's just, it's peak douchebag energy all the way. And he's like, I will not save them by bow or by sword or by war or by horses or by horsemen. Anyway, so then uh, yeah. God definitely has his own name like tattooed on like a neck tattoo. <laughs> like, you know, like no, like a big Yahweh right on his neck. <laughs> he doesn't remember when he got it, though. <laughs> no, that's the important thing. No. He does not remember. Yahweh doesn't know. Yahweh doesn't know. <laughs> Fuck this guy. So Gomer then conceives and has another child. The Lord, once again, pulls the fuck up out of the goddamn blue and is like, call his name not my people. For you are not my people and I am not your God. How did we think this shit was normal, Dustin? Like, they read know. this to us seriously, yes. like straight faced. Yes. Yes, and like I, I remember people writing like poetry and like about Hosea's love for this like unfaithful person, like how it was God's love for, like, no, no, I'm I'm good. I don't need an abuser to love me. Thank you. No, no, back the fuck off. Like I'll take my wife of whoredom and go elsewhere. Yes. Uh, so there's just there's so much whiplash in this book. It's just constant. Yeah. Like, it's constant, like, abusive hatred, like, these just tirades. Well, and and it, I was I was watching a, a, a video today, like, someone, someone evangelical kind of explaining, mm. you know, Hosea. And, like, but, like, they'll read these passages and they'll be like, God is just so conflicted. Like, he's so conflicted God between is, okay. these okay. emotions of, like, rage and despair and, mm-hmm. and anger and... And like, isn't that just like such a beautiful picture? I'm like, okay, like that's one way to frame it. Right. But like, and, and I also can conceptually understand being like really mad at someone you love, Mm -hmm. like truly. So, but like the functional result of God's anger is like the Assyrians come and kill thousands of people and like salt the earth and everyone dies. <laughs> but one day, hundreds of years later, maybe God will restore the kingdom. Like, that's no. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> that's not any. You don't actually love anyone. Uh, well, you love yourself. <laughs> you love. And that is you all. get off on hurting people yeah. that didn't meet up your standards. Yeah. Like, that's what that feels like to me. So it's, it's, yeah, it's like when you. If you take it like out of the divine realm and just like, oh, like this, you know, Jose is hurt by what his wife is doing and he feels love for her, but he's conflicted and angry at her. Like, okay, that's cute, I guess. But like, 
when it's like, oh, no, this is for this is God and God's like going to just murder a bunch of folk over mm-hmm. it. Like, mm-hmm. and then hundreds of years later, maybe fulfill a promise kind of if you squint real hard. No, I am. I'm not good with this. Oh, man. Yeah. Like we're we're literally still in chapter one and God is just having having a bad time. And so mm-hmm. he then he goes on this absolute tirade. Uh, there's one there's one thing in here that I do want to read, even though it's pretty fucking violent, because I think that this shit matters in terms of like where white evangelicals get their theology from. So chapter two, God says, I think it's God. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Plead with your mother, plead for she is not my wife and I am not her husband that she put her whoring face away from me. <laughs> And her adultery from between her breasts, lest I strip her naked and make her as the day she was born and make her like a wilderness and make her like a parched land and kill her with thirst upon her children. I will also have no mercy. This is the dude they worship. Mm -hmm. And this is the dude they think is perfect, like has never done wrong ever. Mm -hmm. And I think this fucking matters. Yeah, like I will have no pity on her children because they are children conceived in adultery. Like fuck that. Run that shit. through your fucking pro-life ethic. Fuck like, that shit. You know? Like that your perfect God is like willing to punish children just because of the accident of their birth and like Yeah, no, no fuck that. Yeah. And you know, <laughs> and yeah, so I, I, it's really that, that's that's frustrating for sure. And then, like, yeah, and then it's it's shame too. Yes, so like when you yes, go down further in that same chapter, it's uh-huh. like I'm going to expose her nakedness. I'm going to like basically run her through the town naked. I'm going to make her, you know, do all these you know terrible things, you know, because she cheated on me, right? You know, which it's like, hey, I understand being mad about that. I, I get that, mm-hmm. but like, no, but no, no, like that's not like just because you have the power to do a thing doesn't mean you should do a thing. Yeah. And I think that this is like a really good example of where they get off playing dumb about power dynamics, right? Because like power matters and context matters. Like if my, if my sister were going to like be like, get your whoring face out of here, I would fucking laugh because that is hysterical. Right. Mm -hmm. But like, if somebody says this to you and like, this is the person you trust most in the world. (laughs) And they're just like, yeah. I'm going to drag you naked through the streets. Like, that's how angry I am about the bullshit that you pulled on me. Like, mm-hmm. it's being angry is completely justified. But like the fact that God has to go through the entire like, not my people, no mercy, like the power dynamic is so severely fucked, right? Because God, God claims mm-hmm. that he's going for restoration, but he still chooses violence. Yeah, like I'm going to restore you. After I've hurt you. Right. That. That. Like, I'm going to uh-huh. I'm gonna punish you. I'm going to shame you. I'm going to t- treat you terribly. Then I'll restore you. Yes. And that's literally, it literally like, says that. Like, it literally says that. It's like, like chapter six literally says that. And it was like, I was just, oh, it like grossed me out because I, I ostensibly, this is like Israel and Judah talking and they're like, come let us return to the Lord for he has torn us that he may heal us. He has struck us down and he will bind us up. Yeah. And that's, that's the like, that's the part that I just, I can't, I mean, that's not human psychology for one. Like, that's not how we learn. No, no, this is, this is a fucking trauma response, right? It's like, we, it's now called like fight, flight, freeze, fawn. This is literally what that is, is fawning. Like you are going back to the person who hurt you because if you don't, they will hurt you more. Like, that is literally mm-hmm. what this is. This is a fucking trauma response in the Bible. And we're supposed to just be cool with it. Yeah. And, well, and we're supposed to treat that as though, like, well, this is this is this is normal. Aspirational. Like, this is what, uh-huh. this is what a, a God looks like. And this is right. Know? And this ties all the way. This ties back. And there's so many ways that this ties into the anti-trans, like anti-queer bullshit. But this ties right back into the like, oh, well, you know, Katrina. New Orleans, they they were just doing bad shit. And like the reason that those those hurricanes come through is because people are sinning and, you know, Adam and Steve and all like, yeah. right. They, they, this is this is their theology that, that like coming through and like violently hurting people who have nothing to do 
who were not involved, who had no agency in any of this, mm-hmm. is the proper way to go about restoring yeah, I'm relationship. Sure Katrina's path also went through Florida as well. So like <laughs> But I, I think anyway. that I think this is like I think this is hugely influential in, in their theology. And I was like I was really I was really like upset when I first like started reading this book because like like Jesus Christ, this is so messed up. You know, through the lens of like being out of out of that space. But then but then it really occurred to me like holy shit this is this is literally how they treat other people they think that this is aspirational because this is how god behaves yeah and i remember there was a yeah it was in hosea and i think it was like a shane and shane song or something oh like, interesting I remember okay. in like college that was like you know i'm not going to sing it but it was like come let us return to the lord he's torn us into pieces he's injured us wow. you know but come let us return like that was like a worship song Ugh. that was sung like and it's just like that we didn't until much later go like, why are we going back to a God that tore us to pieces? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, yeah, I especially, you know, again, because it's punishment, not for what we did. It's punishment for what like Adam did, right. you know, and that's uh-huh. that's where I'm just like this. This doesn't this feels so. A celebration of abuse, really, mm-hmm. and how we, yeah, it's, it's Hosea chapter six. Come, let us return to the Lord. He himself has torn us to pieces, yep. but he will heal us. He has injured us, but he'll bandage our wounds. Like he restores us in a short time. It was not a short time. It's like Jesus being like, yeah, yeah, bro, I'll be right back. Yeah, let me, and and I, so I, I may like, and I remember sermons, you know, because because every pastor is also a expert in animal husbandry and like there would be there would be you know sermons about how you know well you know when when shepherds had wayward sheep they would you know break their legs and then they would like you know set the leg and then like sheep would just like have to be carried by the shepherd all the time and then the sheep would learn to stay close to the shepherd that's what i do with my kids yeah yeah like (laughs) Yeah, it does that because it doesn't want its legs broken again. <laughs> Not because it somehow now loves the shepherd. Like No, you know what's you know what's interesting is somebody posted somebody posted about that on Twitter a couple of months ago. They were like, Okay, did anyone else te- learn this? And like, is this a real thing? And there are all these people who raise sheeps sheeps. <laughs> there are all these people who raise sheep that hopped in and they're like, No, that would actually kill the sheep. Like, no one would do that. <laughs> that's actually that's hilarious. like i've shared this before but like there are so many little factoids like that that i'm like i learned this in a sermon or i learned this from a pastor i'm like i i need to go back (laughs) yeah because that's what they told us they told us that like hurting the sheep mm -hmm. was important because like if it strayed away and it's like it's a goddamn sheep of course it's going to stray at some point it's your job to look after it Yes, like the rod is to protect the sheep, not to beat them. No, it's to beat them. Yeah, it's so it's so frustrating to like to have to like detox from this bullshit. (laughs) Like now it's like I why did why did we think this was okay? Why did we think that this was normal? But it, it was presented to us as normal and we were children and we bought it. Yeah, I mean that was that was the only thing. And again, they were used they were strategically using this on us as kids specifically mm-hmm. to get us to comply. And and unfortunately, like I mean, I'll I'll get personal for a second. It worked. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. I get mm-hmm. it worked. And I I was talking with a friend of mine about like just sharing our different like high school and college experiences and I'm like I was it brings me an immense amount of like shame and regret how repressed I was, mm. how sheltered I was, how robbed of experiences I was yeah. simply because like all of the options were taken off the table. Yes. And, you know, and it's it's my what I would have called rebellion was like super fucking tame, mm-hmm. you know, because it's just like there's just like it felt like a like almost like a mind prison. Like that sounds like way overwrought and like emo to say, but just like, it just felt like there, like 
you would just read like the Truman Show, like the, like being in the fucking Truman mm-hmm. Show, and yeah. you just don't get out. And like I, I remember that like conversation really activated me for a long time because I was just like I like I just have to sit with this grief for a little bit, yeah. and like I, I'm like 40 and I'm grieving like the fact that I don't feel like I got years one to 25 in a way that I feel like I should have been able to. And I mean, it's I'm making up for it now. I'm in therapy, but it's just like, fuck. And it's all because of this bullshit Mm -hmm. of this bullshit morality that, you know, is punitive Mm -hmm. is, you know, not rooted in any kind of empathy, compassion, love. It, It says it is. And that's the way it was marketed. It's like, no, no, it's not. But and I I mean, I think that this is right. Like this is where they get their really warped idea of love. This is where they get they come to the place where their version of love must include harm for harm's sake. And I think that like, again, like I said, I started reading this and I was a little bit distressed with it. I was like, wow, this is this is so enlightening to just the lens through which they view the world. Right. And like. Because this idea of like har- like love is harm for harm's sake to keep you from straying, right? Which I'm yeah. like thinking about conversion therapy and obviously all of their anti-trans bills and bullshit and whatever else, right? And that is that is that is how they view this, right? And and I think that I think a lot of like Dobson's teaching on parenting come comes right back to this as well, right? It's yeah. like you hurt your kids as much as possible like you go all the way up to the line whatever the line is and to make sure that they do everything that you want the moment you say you want it and 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 like i remember when we were trying to criticize the trump administration and saying like cruelty is the point mm -hmm. like and and saying that as a criticism and i remember some evangelical friends more or less saying like yeah cruelty is the point right like uh, and and I'm I'm going to vote for that because I want poor people to suffer right. because if they suffer enough, then they can pull themselves up by their bootstraps. Right. I want, you know, I want immigrants to suffer because if enough of them suffer, they'll get the point, mm-hmm. you know, because mm-hmm. because immigrants are on message boards sharing about their experience, you know, like it's not like, it's not, you know, like, uh-huh. I'm yeah, and and it's like this from the individual level of our own like little personal tragedies all the way to like the shit show that is this country. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of it is just based on a bad interpretation mm-hmm. of a book that is not written in English. Yeah, and the way that they read it is just completely one dimensional, right? Mm-hmm. Which I think that's that's. One of the many differences, I, I mean, I one time I heard, um, one time when I was in high school, we went to this um, Japanese church. So the entire, um, the entire service was given in Japanese and uh, the songs were in Japanese. And towards the end of the service, I remember they took Psalm 23, they translated it from English into Japanese and then back into English. And I did not recognize it. Like I did not recognize what they were reading. And that to me was like, oh, we're talking about like this, this is like, this is like modern day, whatever, what year, what year would this have even been? I think this was like 1999 or 2000 maybe. And Mm -hmm. it was like, this is, these are two modern day translations and I do not recognize what these people are speaking to me. Like I would not identify this as the 23rd Psalm just mm-hmm. because of the cultural differences between like the U S and Japan. Yeah. And when you're talking about like flash. thousands of years and like multiple continents yeah. removed and multiple translation philosophies yes. yeah. too, mm-hmm. like, and, and multiple traditions of interpretation that have arisen and fallen that you're using to then figure out what something even means. Right. Right. Exactly. And I think, and then, yeah, putting it in a language that like sometimes doesn't have words for things. Uh-huh. It, yeah, it's that we think that we know what this means at all. That we can com- that we feel like we can confidently say what this means. Having stolen it, I can confidently say. Yeah, is the height of arrogance. It really is stupid. It really is, and I the thing that I love about 
like the way that Jewish people engage with with the Jewish scripture is that it is really three dimensional, right? Like they understand there are multiple ways of looking at every single story, and like the, all of those are worth exploring. And like, mm-hmm. I feel like evangelicalism, like the lens that they use in the Bible, is essentially the antithesis of that, where it's like this is a black and white, one dimensional document we're, and that is what we're, we're making digging the rules. to find the right answer like right whereas i feel like the way that our the, the people that wrote the book uh how they do it how jewish interpreters they at least as from my understanding is like the digging is the point mm, yeah like and the argument is the point and the debate is the point and the the like being able to like flesh it out is the point and there was there's actually a story of like two rabbis that were arguing and god comes down and descends and is basically like well i can just tell you what it means and they're like how dare you <laughs> like what we're doing this debate like that's yeah that's the that's the meat that's the sauce that's the stuff we're after uh-huh. Like, uh-huh. like, how dare you come and just tell us what it means? Like, fuck, fuck off. Like, like, and that's, um, I feel like that's just a really healthy posture to have Yeah. when it comes to interpreting books that we're so, even Jewish people are so, modern day Jewish people are so far culturally removed from that. I don't, claims to accuracy of like, I know exactly what Hosea meant. Like, right. Uh, I don't know. Uh huh. Yeah, and I think that the I think that the one dimensional aspect of it is very. It's very much how that's how they want to use it, right? They want it to be mm-hmm. the answer. We were taught this every single week that every single answer that you need in life is in the Bible, and it's right there in black and white. It's not even confusing. Which is just not true. Like it's just it's just it's a it's a book with a thousand pages that are like <laughs> the width of an onion skin. Like it yeah. is it's not it, and it's it's not a book, it's a library. It's not clear. And pretending like it is it's clear and it's flat and it has never changed, like you said, is just the height of arrogance. And I think it takes away so much more because just I mean, I've discovered, I'm sure you, you already knew this, but like doing, just doing this podcast, I've read up a lot more on like on, on the, the Jewish lens of a lot of these stories that we talk about. And they're so much more fascinating than anything white evangelicals could like dream up in their wildest dreams. And there's so much more utility in them because they're willing to ask questions and, Mm -hmm. you know, something that I have something I've realized is that the refusal to be curious and the refusal to ask questions again is like fundamental to their theology. It is fundamental to their politics, right? Because they want to be able to say shit like, I don't know, like black people commit more crime. You can't be sad about that. It's not racist for me to say that facts don't care about your feelings, but it's like, mm-hmm. why? Like ask one more question. Like, why is that the case? Right. Because if, if you if you question the premise of, well, because they're black. Like as, as soon as you question that premise, you're in a completely different space in terms of the conversation that you're having. And I think that that is that's one of the ways that they like most kind, most effectively, in my opinion, like weaponize the Bible, especially the Old Testament. Um, well, what they consider to be the Old Testament, because that is like that's what serves their purpose right like the accumulation of power has to have a very black and white cut and dry god said it that's Mm -hmm. that's it right and even like you know in in hosea the it's chapter eight it's talking about like how israel is made these alliances with egypt and made these alliances Mm -hmm. with assyria and that's straying from me like you know, basically, like Israel needs to put its trust only in God mm-hmm. and not in other nations. Yeah. You know, and it's like you get someone that believes that trying to write foreign policy. Yep. yep. You know, and you know that 
Justin, I love that you used that word. I love that you used the word believe because so much of this is not conscious. So much of this is just absorbed into their nervous system. They are not having conscious thoughts about, well, the Bible says that we, like, that's not a conscious thought most of them are having. The Bible says that we can't depend on, I'm a libertarian because the Bible says that we can't depend on, on foreign, whatever we can't do trade or (laughs) yeah, no trade deficits. It's in the Bible, but I am, I'm becoming increasingly convinced through like therapy and the research that I do just like for, for my day job that like most of what we believe is it. None of it's not based on like words that were spoken to us. It's things that our nervous yeah. systems have just kind of filed away and put into certain categories. And so we start running these scripts that we don't we don't know exist, right? It's it's the whole idea of like neurons that fire together, wire together. And that's not a conscious yeah. process. And that's why, like, I, I mean, I'll get pushback from my parents and people that knew me as a kid I'll get and we have tons of listeners that also get pushed back from parents that are like like why wasn't that bad to you like and maybe they weren't like but that doesn't mean that this wasn't transmitted because like yeah I was with my parents but I was also at church three times a week and I had some weird and I went to a private Christian school and I had some weird fucking teachers like some wild ass shit that I've never even heard of before. Like, like, like when I heard that, like there was a computer in Australia, like that had the serial number six, 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 and it was an artificial intelligence that was going to come take us over. Like, yeah, that I learned that from a teacher in my school, Mm -hmm. like, you know, and that same teacher was one that was like, sex is only for procreation and like teaching us that, like it was nothing. Like this is, this is part of the lecture. Like, Sir, this is a shop class. Like, you know, uh-huh. <laughs> like, and it's just that that constant reinforcement and that constant like shaming culture around sex and sexuality. Like, I mean, I was fucked up, and and it's it's not, and and that's been so many people's experience. And it's not like you can point at one. For most of us, we can't point at like one person or one parental figure right. to be like, that's the person that messed me up. Some people we can, but. Right. It's just more like we were sitting in this suit mm-hmm. for so long and then you kind of poke your head up out of it and you're like, I don't recognize myself anymore. Mm-hmm. I don't even know who this person is. Mm-hmm. And yeah, um, it's and it's like it's weird that we're like talking about Hosea, but it's also it just bleeds into so many other weird little things mm-hmm. that come up. and. Yeah, that's like this is what love looks like. Love looks like hurting someone in order to teach them a lesson. Hurting adults, like love looks like hurting adults to get them to do what God, quote unquote, wants them to Mm -hmm. do. Like that's fucked Mm -hmm. up. Yeah, it really is fucked up and and enlightening at the same time. Mm -hmm. But I think that. Part of the reason that I sort of dove into this assignment, <laughs> it wasn't an assignment, we, we agreed to do this, was because I think that part of the work of unlearning is figuring out where this shit came from. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah. it's like, it's part of the work of healing is pulling out all of the shrapnel, which means a lot of the time you have to go looking for the fucking shrapnel. Yeah. And, and it's the journey for me is like being like, yeah, I'm good. I'm in a good stable spot. And then you realize, nope, (laughs) there's still a script in there somewhere that is running. And it's, if I can get woo woo for a second, it's a lot of it's just a journey into consciousness, Mm -hmm. like, and making the unconscious conscious because like, and and that's that's not a fun journey. Like waking up in the morning is usually not enjoyable for most people. And but it's that all the time. When you're like waking up to like this this is who I am. This is what is going on back here. This is this is 
these are the negative thoughts and patterns. These are the bad scripts. These are the poor theologies that I thought I had left, but nope, I did. Uh, my bad ways of relating, my bad ways of relating to my past even. And, and I get why people are tired. I get why people drop out of deconstruction spaces. I get it. But it's like, I want to be healthy and whole. And so if that means I've got to spend some time figuring this shit out and helping other people figure this shit out, I'm going to do it. Yeah, absolutely. I can't remember if I've, I can't remember if I've said this on here before, but something that <laughs> whenever I get really upset about therapy, something that my partner always says to me is he's like, I know, I know that this sucks, but you were, you're already in pain. So you may as well make it worth something. You may as well be moving towards a yeah. destination to like get out of this shit because it's going to, it's going to suck either way. And you know that because you've lived with it yeah. for this long. And I don't like hearing that because I'm usually activated <laughs> when that comes yeah. out. Uh, not by that. I'm usually already activated by the time the conversation gets to that point. But it's true. It's like if you're going to suffer, like make it fucking worth something. Because it's, yeah, you're, that's. That's good wisdom. Tori's partner, who I will <laughs> publicly refer to as Tori's partner. Um, because it's true. Like you can choose the pain that's going to harm you or pain that's going to transform you. And the pain of staying where you are is pain that is harming you. Yeah. And, and, and that's why I think laughter is important. Mm -hmm. I think it's important to laugh at the things that were weaponized against us. I think that yeah. is... That's not silly work to me. Yeah. Like, it's, I mean, this podcast has kind of turned philosophical a little bit, but it's like, that's not like light work. That's like, that's part of the healing journey is to look at this and go like, see how fucking ridiculous this yep. is. Like, yep. And, and see how like people with a straight face pass off abuse as love. Yeah. Like how fucked up that is. But like, I can laugh at it now and be like, yep. That's I'm glad I'm not doing that anymore. Yes. Yes. And it's it's so integral to like taking your power back, being able to yes. laugh at this shit. I think especially because, like I said the other day on Twitter, like authoritarians hate that. Like they hate joy. They hate humor. And the one thing that they cannot stand is being mocked. Right. Yes. Because then everybody realizes they don't have any power. Right. That they were yes. just the bully. And that's that's beautiful moment there was uh there's a tweet going around it's like a, it's a bumper sticker that's like your child is safer at a drag show than at the church mm -hmm. and some conservative pundit influence or whatever like retweeted that and was like they are mocking us yes i'm like damn right we are yes we are like because you're wrong because you're wrong for one and like and a bunch of people tweeted like facts don't care about your feelings <laughs> like it is true like I Every child is safer at a drag show than they are at a church. Yep. Like objectively, that's a fact. But like, I think that that's that's part of yeah taking that power and just being like yeah we we're gonna take your word. We're gonna take facts. Don't care about your feelings, and we're gonna weaponize that against yeah. you. And we're gonna laugh while we're doing mm -hmm. it because you're ridiculous. Yes, and I think that this is like to me, laughter, joy, mockery is a nonviolent form of resistance, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. I think that, you know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of complaining about like people are like, Oh my God, I'm being canceled or I'm being persecuted. Like whatever, whatever persecution complex they have going that week. And it's, it's fascinating because it's like when you're talking about people with power because of the power differential, there are only a couple of tools that are not actually physically violent that we have. And I think laughing at people is probably the nicest way to like take their power away because like they're using it to harm people. So it needs to be taken from them. And I think that, you know, if we're going to do that to in, in as many cases as is possible to circumvent any like actual violence, which is not what I want, right? Like I want actual mm -hmm. restoration, not, I hurt you because I love you. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like we're not trying to reinvent the weird biblical nonsense. Right. Exactly. Like, exactly. Like I'm not trying to recreate their like car carceral solutions for everything that they don't like. But I do, I do really sincerely believe that. Yeah. It's, it's it actually is important to make fun of them for your own, for your own well being. 
and for theirs because that's what they that's what they can't stand. It's really it, yeah, it's really interesting. I I I I remember at one point someone told me like, you know, if if your options are like getting mad or laughing, like laughter empowers you and getting mad empowers them, right? Cuz they've gotten what they want. Mm-hmm. If they can yeah. get you riled up, they've gotten what they want. But if you laugh at them, like that is the complete opposite of what they want, right? Like they want you to be afraid of them. They want you yeah. to defer to them. And I that has like always that's always stuck with me. Like since I first heard it. It's like, oh. Oh yeah. That makes a lot of sense. Like don't give your power away if, you know, there's absolutely appropriate places to be angry, but like humor, I think, is probably the least harmful way to go. And so yeah. I'm I'm gonna laugh at anybody that's like, oh Hosea, what a great example of God's love. No. Like, no. That's not what that word means. Nope. That's what we call abuse. Um or weird codependency or fawning or whatever. Like mm-hmm. and that's that's not what we're gonna call love. Right. Sorry. Right. Sorry, Nancy. That's not love. Sorry to anyone named Nancy listening. I just sometimes I sometimes I pick out a name because I feel like a name makes it funnier. I'm like, oh, what if someone's actually named that? Uh, Sorry, Gomer. <laughs> Sorry, Gomer. <laughs> Gomer, I, I feel like of all the people in this book, I think Gomer ends up okay. Hmm. I want to believe that Gomer ends up okay. Mm-hmm. Because I don't know that Gomer's ever actually punished. I think it's just all threats. And then maybe she just realizes that like Hosea's not the one for me. I'm not going to be some prophet's object lesson. Oh, yeah. Which most pastor's wives could learn that and walk out. Yeah. Because unfortunately, they become the pastor's object lesson way too often. Yep. So that was a freebie. Anything else about this weird book? No, I like where the, we I like where we landed this ship. Plane, I do as well. Whatever. What are we flying? A podcast. <laughs> I like where we landed the podcast. <laughs> Me too. So thank you all for listening. Uh, I hope it was I hope it was beneficial. I hope it was cathartic. I thought I hope it was humorous. I mm-hmm. hope it was you know maybe you laughed, maybe you cried, and that's okay. We're here for all those things. So follow us on the things at Go Home Bible. We're gonna maybe start doing some Instagram live stuff. So stay tuned for that occasionally, and also follow follow us if you want, Justin dot or justin d gentry on the things and Corey is at Corey glass so thanks everybody hope you have a great week and we'll see you next time Corinthians warned you about the women with a loud mouth and this podcast is just that. Here at the Speaking in Church podcast we talk all about the regular people and the things that regularly happen to them in the evangelical church. It's a podcast about change, it's a podcast about seeking moral high ground, and it's a podcast for people who are just trying to deconstruct on the safe side. You can listen wherever you get your podcast, And if you want to be a guest, yes, you, regular person, you can be a guest on the Speaking in Church podcast. If you want to come on, just let us know.